Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm your host, Gail Nicole, and I'm also the founder and head coach of SheVenturesNow.com, where I help single millennial women make quantum leaps in personal change, whether that includes changing their career, whether that means helping them start creative service-based businesses, or in improving their dating confidence. I am here for it. I'm here for all those three things. And so I'm excited because I have the opportunity to giving you all another interview about an entrepreneurship story. This is with Bridget Collins, founder of Key Life Fitness and Training. Key Life Fitness is a health and wellness company that provides education, personal training, and group training, and the key success for your health. But what makes this really special is that Bridget and I go way back to high school, where we were both um, from freshman and senior year. We're both part of the IB program there at Boyd Boyd H. Anderson High School, and it's just been beautiful to reconnect with her, see and hear her entrepreneurship journey, and how she's weathered the storms, the blunders, all the lessons she's learned in starting her own business from scratch. And so without much further ado, enjoy enjoy this interview, take notes, and here it is. All right, Bridget, thank you so much for joining me on the She Ventures Now podcast. I wanted to give you space to just introduce yourself and tell our listeners how we know each other. Well, my name is Bridget Jackson. I am the owner of Key Life Fitness and Training, uh, located in Central Florida. I've known Gayon for... 14 years. Wow. <laughs> 14 I can't years. believe. Oh my gosh. Past the decade. It's crazy. Right. Um, we went to high school together and we were in the International Baccalaureate Magnet Program. I did. Right. <laughs> so why don't, in short, go ahead. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell us more about Key Life Fitness? I feel like what's really cool is I, so I'm, <laughs> I feel bad because I joined your challenge and did not fulfill the challenge. Guys, I am that person. I am that person. I just cannot get it together with my health and fitness. But one of the things that caused me to reconnect with you is because you've always been an image of fitness since high school days to me. And it was so lovely. Um, One day you had posted a challenge of, you you posted two things. One, it was a picture of you in the gym with your abs popping. (laughs) And it was the next picture was like um, an image of, I think you were a graphic of your upcoming challenge that you were facilitating with. And I feel like it was cool because I had seen your start, I think of images of your, you starting a business and to know that you're continuing, it was just phenomenal for me. And so I reached out to you and I was like, Hey, Bridget, uh, would you want to do an interview? And so now that I have you here, why don't you go ahead and give us your entrepreneurship story from beginning to end? Okay. Um, I graduated from college in 2007, and then I had a a two-year period where um, I have a degree in sports medicine, so I'm an athletic trainer also, which we do prevention of injuries and taping and rehab and all of those things. So I worked at a college, on a college level for about a year and a half. Um, Once I finished that, um, I was in the gym, and I kept seeing a lot of people pass through that had different trainers at the gym, and I was just like, well, you know, I could do that. Um, I think I could do it better. You know, and, and I just was like, all right, 
uh, I don't know. So, you know, I kind of stepped into it just full throttle and I said, all right, I'm going to start boot camps. And then if people show up, <laughs> then I might have something. Mm-hmm. So my very first boot camp, I had about 30 people show up and I was like, wow, 30 people. Yeah. That's and pretty good. Wow. Ridiculous amount too. It was like $25, $30 for one hour. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but they showed up and I was just like, hmm, I might have something. So along that journey kind of started after that trial run, I went ahead and got my business license and all of those other things and started doing it consistently. It started off by Saturdays, then I started implementing on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Fast forward, that was in 2010 to now, 2017, about end of 2016, I began doing online training um, mm-hmm. for my clients because I moved from South Florida to Central Florida. So mm-hmm. being able to have that available for my clients was central. So Key Life Fitness and Training is basically um, a, a company that we do personal training, boot camps, and we do fitness evaluations, but we also are concerned about the inside and outside. So I do health seminars and, and um, That's awesome. nutrition consultations and things of that nature. But we also focus on being able to have the wellness of the client overall. So if there's injuries or things that come up, um, I'm able to address those as well. So um, yeah. that's pretty much what we're, we're about. Okay. That's, it's really good to hear the story behind Key Life Fitness. Um, that's what we're here for, to tell the story. So what phase of business would you say you're at right now? If startup is like sort of zero to, you know, year three, according to IRS, and then beyond that, you're probably in maintenance, and then beyond that, you're probably in expansion. Like, what are you, do you consider yourself a startup, or do you consider yourself beyond that? I would say I'm kind of a combination of startup and expansion. Why okay. I say because when I started in 2010, I was definitely a startup, and I kind of grew to the point of expansion. But then in the moving and transition, we scale yeah. back. Startup. Yeah. So now I'm starting back up, but expanding at the same time. So that, that's where I am now. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I want to ask you, this is like the juicy moments, right? Because I want this space, this podcast space to be a place where people can tell um, the not so glamorous moments of their business started because we all know that we go through them. I mean, we are millennials, so we live with social media sort of as air in our lives, and we know that people always promote themselves on social media. Their highlight reel is what they post, and even as entrepreneurs, why would we post anything about not 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 in a highlight reel? Right? It's very hard to do that because we're trying to sell people on our services and on our expertise. But here, I wanted to kind of give you space to tell maybe your best failure moments, right? I know that's like an oxymoron, but just a time where you you blundered and you learned a lesson from your blunder. I would definitely um, go back to, I guess the, my, I have two. Let's say okay. my, my first blunder moment would be um, at the point in time that I decided to move and shut down my business. I had over a hundred clients at that time and I was working I did that full time so that alone was enough to expand but also meet my needs financially so although I knew that I had to move it was definitely a blunder because now I've moved to a place where I have no one I have nothing set up so now I have to go back to what a quote-unquote is regular job and rebuild 
So right. I think that was probably the biggest blunder I had because I feel like if I would have stayed in South Florida, I, I'm not sure where I would be at this moment. Um, but that blender allowed me to kind of see some things and redo some things in my rebirth. So it was a, it was a good and bad, um, but there's always an upside to it. Um, the second would be mm-hmm. along the way of me, um, getting clients and keeping clients and, you know, sometimes, sometimes taking it personal would be. Um, one of my biggest blunders. Cause when you're training people, you're kind of like one-on-one you're in their face. Yeah, yeah. They make the decision not to come back, whether it be for you or be for monetary reasons or life circumstances, you kind of take it personal when people just kind of up and leave. Yeah. First. Um, and then when people up and leave and then don't pay you your money or, <laughs> you know, so those things you try, you, at first you kind of take it personal. Like, Hey, I've known you for a while. Like, you know, I want you to support my business. And I think that it affected me for a while because those people that were um, experiencing my services, but also people that I felt that were family or friends and they did not support me, that kind of took to heart to me as well. So I think that was a blunder for a while, but being able to cross over and say, hey, it's not personal. It's not anything that you can control. Yeah. You just got to kind of keep keep pushing. So, Yeah. yeah. You know what I love about hearing that story? It reminds me of something that is a theme that I'm probably, I'm writing curriculum around too, is just being an emotionally healthy um, entrepreneur. Because we're so much in this startup phase where we want to garner so, as much support as possible, but we have, to, we have to remember that clients are people too. And they have blunders, they will miss payments, they will have outstanding invoices. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they check deuces and they will not call you to let you know what's going on. And we have to say, you know what? That person is human. They have space to make, you know, to make blunders too. So I really appreciate you sharing those two blunders because I think sometimes we need to hear, we need to pause for a second and just reflect. And again, telling these stories allows for other um, business startups to kind of navigate them better and just be encouraged along the way. So All right, here's my fourth question for you. And I really, really am excited about this question because I feel like you're a woman of wisdom and I feel like there's a lot in you that you have to share and give back, especially with um, navigating your transitions, but also your background, you being a woman of faith, you being somebody, you know, that goes back to high school, but also someone who's stuck with your passion for fitness. Um, My fourth question is this, what are some of the aha moments you've had along the way? those light bulbs, those epiphanies, those thought patterns that you kind of um, had to mature out of. And what could you share with anyone about your startup journey so far that were aha moments? Wow, there's a lot. Um, I would say- Your top three, if, if anything, your top okay. three. Top three. Um, I think my top, my top ultimate one would be most recently. Um, as I mentioned before, I kind of transitioned and then I had a whole life-changing ordeal so just recently I kind of got back a hundred percent into uh doing this thing and um I you know I kind of struggled and wrestled with it and I prayed about it and I'm like mm, I don't really want to do it anymore because you know what nobody really cares what I have to say nobody really wants to know what I have to say wow. and at that very moment I got like three emails back to back to say hey I, I want to train again I want to do this again I want to I have a question for you and that was evident to me like okay aha like you 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 might have to do this again not because you know you've lost a desire in the midst of your transition 
but you have to do it because that's what I called you to do. And right. so for me, that passion and that fire was, you know, it was lit again because people reached out and said, hey, I, I need your help. And if that's only my passion is to help people to get to be a better person. And I mean, that that's just ignited something in me again. So that was my number one aha moment. That okay. moment where you're about to give up, something always comes through to make yeah. you. Um, second aha moment. Um, had to be, um, <laughs> I was, I, I'm taking payments and, you know, people bring money, bring you money and parts and, and they bring you back and, you know, like, hey, today, to tomorrow. And I'm, I'm lenient with that, you know, or I used to be, let's say. And one moment it sparked me was like, well, why aren't you doing what everybody else is doing? Why aren't you enrolling these people and having them pay you on time? Because FPL needs their money on time. So All right. Repeat, repeat, please. Repeat, please. Needs their money on time or they will shut off your lights. So I had to come to the realization that although I am sensitive to people in their circumstances, I have to be able to maintain business and be mm-hmm. able to say, hey, these are facts. This is what it is. You know what my services are. So I can't keep giving you services and having IOUs because I need lights too. So that is definitely an aha moment where I had to check myself and be like, you can't be that nice forever because you ain't going to have a place to live. So um, that's, 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 that's real. just got delivered in Jesus name. Um, you know, I mean, and that goes the same for, you know, for payments, but for discounts too and family and friends and all that, those things, I used to do that. And it, it, it allowed me to have more people per se, but my income, it wasn't coming back right. So there's, there's a time and a place for you to do that, but you have to do it to make sure that it still secures business and be able to secure clients, but you're secure in that. Like you can't continue to put yourself on the losing end yeah. to be able to just get people in the door but then you're servicing for, for a change. So yeah. that's if I were to just interject just a little bit, don't forget those other aha moments, but I think you just spoke to something that's like super critical for anyone that's a novice entrepreneur. And, and, you know, again, in the, in the vein of just sharing, I feel like you're helping to clarify the, um, the non-negotiable as a business owner of being profitable, like right. you must be profitable. It's not about just paying for your light. That's not what a business owner does. We're doing this for a profit. <laughs> so it's like, it's such a great thing to hear the, the, that, that lesson learned because we're, we can, as our own entrepreneur, as our own business operating you know, owners, we can feel, um, we can give too much latitude to friends right. and family and then forget, but wait, the ultimate goal is to be profitable. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You know, one time my dad said to me, he said, you know, Bridge, if you are not making a profit, it's no longer a business. It's now become community, community service that allows you to have a building. That's it. Yep. So, you know, he's like, if you want to do community service, then you don't need to have overhead. So then Pretty you need, much. You need that's to a quote. Out. Bridget, that's a, that's a really good quote. Yeah. No, it's not a business. It's customer service. And that, if that's what you want to do for community service, then, then that's different. But you got to make profit. There's no, you can't live off that. Right, 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 right. Did you have a third aha moment or was that it? I think that, I think that was it. 
Okay. Oh, I have one more. You're right. right. Um, um, in the transition, um, kind of in my transition, I, I lost, you know, I lost a lot of clients home and I was trying, trying to figure out the best way to service them. And for a while I would drive back home, um, two and a half hours to kind of service them on the weekend because I knew that they needed me, but the kind of consensus that I got from all of them was, Hey, I've tried other trainers. I've tried other people, but no one is giving me the complete package as you have. And not to boast on myself, but that's kind of what their expectation was set. So if that other person didn't do what I did, you know Mm -hmm. how people are, it becomes, it comes an issue. So they don't want to give their money. So they'd rather, you know, me come to them. So, you know, just on a burnt out phase where I was just like, I can't keep driving down there. I can't work Monday through Friday and drive down or I can't keep trying to train these people. And yeah, it was money, but the money wasn't worth it if you're burnt out because you don't have energy to even spend it, invest it, think about it. So uh, the aha moment was definitely like, hey, what's the best way to kind of come up with a website, come up with a different avenue to reach these people, to train them, yeah. still motivate them at the same time so that's where my social media aspect and the website and all that stuff comes into play just working with my web designer to kind of get that going so that's definitely an aha moment to say hey if i'm not 100 percent, if i'm not there you know what i mean i can't give you my best service so yeah that's so good gosh these are such gems because uh, and again to interject i feel like you're reminding me of um Again, this, this, there's a material burning in me that I want to write about, about entrepreneurship. And it's really less about the technical side of business and more about the emotionally healthy side of business. It's really about the self-care, right? It's the, the, the idea is you can't run a business if you're running yourself to the ground. <laughs> you can't run a business if you can't sustain your energy to run that business. You, know, you are your highest capital investment. You know, the human capital is the highest investment and so if you're if your main instrument which is yourself is 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 tired all the time fatigued uh burnt out exhausted annoyed you know you you even know when you're not your best when you're just annoyed all the time you're not going to serve your clients you're not going to you're not going to level up to the degree that you need to and you bring up a great point of being sustainable you know now we talk about profit that's the monetary side but if you can't sustain the level of clients that or the type of clients you're getting it's like it's such a trigger point of like, how do I need to innovate in my business so that I can sustain a business model to go the distance? You know, that's great. I love that. I love that. I love that. Did I cut you off? I didn't mean to. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. So the, the, the fifth question I have here is what would you say, Bridget Jackson, what is the one thing that you think makes or breaks a novice entrepreneur? business plan really unpack that for me a little bit more um in your in your business plan um we're talking about a a business plan that kind of encompasses everything like what your purpose is where your vision is where you see yourself in five years what your profit margin is what services you're going to um to be able to provide or products or what have you it gives you a chance and opportunity to kind of see it for what it is so if you haven't gotten a moment to sit down and write out your ideas thoroughly and have someone that is business-minded kind of go through that with you, you end up a year from now kind of saying, hey, where did I go wrong? Like at some point it may take off, 
But if you don't have in your mind or on paper what it should look like, how much you're going to spend on advertisement, how much you're going to spend on, you know, office supplies, all of those things are very important because you end up starting a business and although it may be okay and great right now, a year from now, you're going to look back and say, well, I didn't really profit that much because I've ended up overspending just to try to play catch up to make this thing go off. Wow. Well. Yeah. So the business plan is important because it, it before you start, it allows you to take a look at what time, what effort, how much energy, how, how many, what manpower you need, how much money you need, what capital you need to start this thing up, to get it running so that by year one, you're not ready to quit because you not seeing those numbers add up right will make you want to quit. And if this is really your passion, having that on paper is important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have someone that you review your business plan with? And who is that person? Is that a mentor? Is that a family member? Initially, it was my parents. Um, my mother is actually a business teacher. She has not retired. Um, yeah. So she originally helped me with it. And my dad, he's, you know, like a sub genius. So um, <laughs> he helped me with that as well. But now since I've moved to Central Florida, they actually have a program that is partnered with UCF. It's called Small Business Development Corporation. And yeah. they... It's a nonprofit, so I kind of go through them, and they connect me with grants, and they look through my business plan and help me kind of make a progression model, per se, to kind of move forward. So I, I, I partner with them as well. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. If at any point, um, you know, off camera, what we can do is just reconnect to see any links. Maybe I have some listeners that are in the Central Florida area, and they might benefit from knowing some of the same resources that you've used. Let me know those resources so that I can and put them in the show notes. All right, so now we're going into rapid fire questions. This is where you sort of give me your short, to the point, concise answers. Okay. And it's really your, um, sort of your philosophy as a entrepreneur, as a right. business owner on like what you think on these question topics, okay? okay. So and if I ask you to unpack it, of course you can unpack it and just give me more, but for the most part, they're like short to the point. Okay, okay. question number one, if business operations and branding we're in a boxing match. Who would you say would win? Operations. Really? Why? If I have a good, if I have good branding, it's going to bring the people. But if I don't have good operations, I can't keep them and I can't service them. Boom. All right. Number two, you've been given the task of writing the manual on entrepreneurship. Page one says what? Breathe. Breathe? Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I like that. Number three, what would you say, and this is not just a monetary question, but what would you say is the cost of starting up a business? Or sorry, what would you say the cost of starting up your business has been? So it could be monetary or emotional. It could be both. It could be um, the hidden cost of starting a business. Um, definitely finding out um, your support system, being able to build people around you. And a, a lot of times that may mean that some people are going to drop off and that's okay. You wow. still love them, but they might drop off. Um, definitely. Um, there's some monetary things, but definitely um, a learning um, curve is definitely part of it because there's a lot of things you think, you know, but you don't know. And then while you're learning it and you thought you knew it, it changes anyway because it's the government and then now it's been changed and now you got to relearn it. So just being uh, grace, having grace and patience and being able to be teachable uh, is probably the greatest 
the greatest thing that you can be in that in this part of the startup business is just being able to be teachable and being able to kind of read, understand, and embrace some things so you can kind of just go with it. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Number four, according to Bridget, great customer service is. Oh, a lot of people. Are, a lot of people are not going to like this answer. Great. It's okay, it's according to you. Great customer service is being accessible, available, and ready to service people, but not to a default. What that means is. If I say that I'm going to be able to talk to you Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, at 5.01, if I get a text, don't answer it. Because if you start it now, you'll be doing that forever. And then your family, your friends, your kids, it's not going to be pretty. So you got to be able, customer service, that you're giving customer service and you're giving the best possible customer service at all times that you have designed. Outside of that, you cannot. That's I like true. that. I like that, Bridget. Gosh, I love your answers right now. Can I just say that? Oh my gosh. Thank you. Number five, what would be your personal philosophy on sales? Meaning what? Like, Here, it's just your paradigm, your thoughts on sales. Like some people, every, go ahead. Everything is a sale. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're giving a service, a product, if it's skinny tea or you're selling yourself, not like that, but you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, it's always a sale because you have to be able to entice people to want to purchase whatever you're giving. So yeah. everything you do is a sale. So everybody can say, hey, I'm a business, but I'm not really into sales. I'm not really about that. But what I've learned is you kind of have to sell something. You have to sell yourself, sell your brand, sell what you're giving, sell what you're you're offering because people have to want it. You can't make a profit if you don't sell it. So even though you're not into sales, you are. You just have to figure out the best way that works for you, your personality to sell it. Perfect. Love it. Number six, who would be your number one business mentor? My dad and my mom. Perfect. Yeah, I can answer that one for you. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, what has been your greatest success moment so far? Um, it would be probably when I was in South Florida, we would do like six week boot camps. And the fact that I would have maybe 30 people sign up for a boot camp and they would show up all the time and they would get results and they would talk about it and bring people. Those, those are successes to me. They may seem small to them where there'd be a pound. Just to have a person be able to walk from one point to the other and not be out of breath, those things are important to me. Those things matter. So just seeing the change in people, every person matters to me. So it doesn't matter if it's, hey, I never drank water, but now I'm drinking water. Even if it's one bottle, that matters yeah. because it's a change. So I think that, you know, every last one of my clients have see, has seen some type of enhancement in their life so for me that's a success and that's what makes me want to keep going so yeah I love it it. and that is so cool to see you succeed and what you do and what you love to do um here's the grand finale question she ventures now as an online life coaching brand that I've started to help millennial young professional women make quantum leaps and personal change and so a lot of the times what I'm specializing in is resetting your career starting a business or even leveling up in your love life if you're a single woman. 
One of the things that I've seen as a commonality in all of those kinds of changes is lifestyle redesign. And what I want to hear in closing, just to bookmark our time, is what would you say is the main way you've had to redesign your life in starting a business? Hmm. Um, I would say definitely having a schedule. When I say schedule, it's scheduling everything. And sometimes that's hard because when before you start a business, like if you're working a nine to five, you know that you're going to go to work from nine to five. So after five, it's a free for all. Before nine, it's try to get up to get there. And then on the weekend, it's kind of like whatever comes up. And if you have kids, it's what kids are doing or, or you know, you're here back and forth. So when you start a business, you got to kind of have set parameters for yourself, not right. You know, just to operate the business, but to be able to at least obviously have time for yourself to pour into yourself. So for me, it was very important to say, hey, like, you know, from seven to eight, you know, you're going to spend this time either doing a devotion, writing out your plan for the day, thinking about what your vision is, thinking about all of these things. This is yeah. what you're doing for you from seven mm -hmm. to eight. Like, so being able to make sure that you look at your life holistically and all of those things that are important to you so that you can keep all of those things afloat, not just afloat, but able to kind of progress them. Because if you're married, you want to stay married. If you have kids, you want your kids to know you're there. You know yeah. what I mean? If you have a business, you want it to succeed. If you have other family and friends, you know, which all of us do, you want to know that you want to still maintain those relationships because relationships are important. So just being able to make yourself have a schedule and stick to it so that you can have you as a person, a hundred percent, because you got to pour into yourself to be able to pour out, but to also maintain those outside relationships and your vertical relationship, because if you don't, you're going to burn out quicker than you think. So I think that that is the most important thing. Everything else falls into place. Once you kind of get a schedule and you're able to have meetings and you have parameters, but you have to have parameters for yourself, what you will, what you won't do and, and all those things. So, and definitely keep an open mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Bridget. It's been such a joy to have you on the podcast. And I really feel like a lot of people got to, are going to be able to um, take from this, not just the priority of having a health regimen or a fitness regimen, but the ways in which you've been living very emotionally healthy too, and the ways in which you've had to learn to take care of yourself as the trainer, <laughs> just like you're trying to, you know, give your best to your clients. So I just feel like people can benefit from listening to these podcasts. And it's the reason why I'm showing up to do them because I feel like these are the things that are not written about a lot of the times. Like a lot of people are on this whole start a business, grind, 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 team, no sleep. You know what I mean? Not eating. I want to be like Beyonce. Beyonce didn't eat. And it's like, but wait, <laughs> you got to make sure that you're making time for yourself and that your lifestyle is healthy. So I really appreciate you just being sort of an object lesson for a lot of the listeners and you um, peeling back the layers of your own life and just, you know, taking out the gems of wisdom. So thank you again. That's all I have for you today, friends. If you're interested in leveling up in your career, creativity, or your confidence, schedule a free consultation at SheVenturesNow.com.